The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Sales is a cuss word. This is the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Melton, the side gig prophet, and today... We will be joined by my co-host, the serial CFO, Mr. Chad Brown, as we interview co-CEO of Guide Culture and extremely sought-after sales trainer, Macy McNeely, where we talk about sales. Why is sales seen as a negative thing, a bad thing? How come we have adjectives like salesy? I don't want to be salesy. Sales is a necessity in business. If you're going to be successful as an entrepreneur, one of the first things you got to nail down is how can I sell my product or service? Macy is gifted in helping people change the way they view and think about sales so they can accelerate their entrepreneur adventure and the success they find on it. So without any further ado, here's the episode with Macy McNeely. Yeah just yeah i'm super passionate about about sales training which is so funny you would i'm sure maybe someone might look at me or meet me and they would never think that i would like want to go be a sales trainer right and i definitely didn't grow up wanting to be a sales trainer either um it actually it actually all started with uh my dad he is an insurance guy and he started out his own business and he um really wanted to create a sales culture within his office within his staff like a results driven culture everybody knows how to sell everybody can handle concerns everybody can get someone to a decision and so he started to create his own sales training for 30 years. Every year he would just make a sales training or, you know, uh, put some content together, teach it. Then he would do it again. Then he would teach it. And then he would do it again. He would teach it. And over 30 years, he started to build all this information. And then we started to get older. And uh, I have a sister and I have a brother-in-law and uh, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, um, we, we were really tight. Okay. We love each other. My, uh, my family actually all works together in insurance, my husband and my brother-in-law and my dad, they all work together. And, um, we all went to the, to the beach. We had a family vacation one time. And I think my dad was kind of starting to see us grow up and starting to see like, man, these kids really need some, some life skills. They need to know how to sell. They need to check their mindset. They need to check their attitude. And so he took us all to the beach with a, uh, a hidden agenda that we didn't know about. <laughs> and we're all, we're all sitting on the beach. I was uh, in my first year working. I was out of college at this point. And uh, we were, the sun was setting, you know, it's music going. And we had our chairs in a circle. And my dad pulled out all these packets of paper. And he passed them out. He said, we're going to learn sales. Everybody's going to learn how to sell on this trip. And of course, we're like, Loy, no, we're not doing this. This is so crazy. He's like, no, we're going to do it. So he had us all in a circle. We're role playing. We're practicing. We're learning about objections. We're learning about how to get information, how to qualify. We're learning all this stuff, okay? And we think it's over. We go inside. We go to dinner. We come back, and there's a projector. Like, I mean, he was not kidding. Uh, I mean, but this is not abnormal. If you know him, uh, we would he would have us all for dinner. You know, cook us nice steaks, and he would have you know a book playing in the house on the house speakers. The Psychology of Winning. Usually, I don't know if you guys know that oh, yeah. book. Dennis Waitley. Dennis Waitley. That's the book. He would have us listen to it seven times. That was the minimum. And so this wasn't abnormal. But it was just very, now that I'm older, I get it. Like he saw this as an opportunity. Like, man, the people that I love the most and the skills I believe in the most, like this is my chance to be able to share my message and to repeat it. And when you really believe in something, like that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to stand on the corner of the street and scream the good news no matter what people think because you believe in it so much. And that's really what he was doing. And, uh, you know, I, I decided I want to go into the entrepreneur. I've always had that entrepreneur kind of spirit inside of me. And I was I working. I say kudos to your dad, Macy, just with being, yeah. he's found a way to make this a tax write-off. You guys thought it was a vacation. He's like, this is a business trip. You know, now that you say that, 
It might be possible. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I started my first business and um, just, you know, thought I could do it all by myself. I didn't need any help. I could figure it out. I had YouTube. I had podcasts. I could figure it out. Uh, problem was, I just was like, I was not selling. I was not making money. I was focused on like branding and, and website and all the stuff that really doesn't matter unless you have sales, you know? And so I finally went to him and I was like, Hey, I'm like, I'm ready to learn. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will come kind of situation. And he was like, okay, but you have to buy in. You got to do exactly what I say, when to do it, how to do it, where to do it. I was like, okay, I buy in. Uh, really bought in over a couple of weeks and looked up and everything had changed. I mean, my business quadrupled, I, my relationships were better. I was so much more confident. I knew exactly how to say things, when to say, it just blew my mind how much it changed my life. And so I went to him and I said, Hey, we, we have to teach this to people. We have to. And so this said, wasn't something your dad was already teaching professionally uh, to people. This was, just Oh no, this was in his office. I'm pointing upstairs right now because this is actually, this is our uh, guide culture headquarters right here. And upstairs is the insurance agency and downstairs is our training space. So upstairs, everybody upstairs knows guide culture, lives, breathes it. But we basically put, uh, you can imagine, he had it all in spreadsheets. So 30 years worth of just like color-coded spreadsheets everywhere. Uh, it took us a year to organize it. So we organized it in a year and just started teaching it one at a time over and over and over. And now here we are a couple of years in and hundreds of students later. And it's been really, really such a fun journey. I just love it so much. So this is awesome. So he has created a, a sales process in a real life business environment, uh, growing the insurance side. And, mm -hmm. and you saw an opportunity like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. and, and something that, that every entrepreneur and business owner needs to experience and, and yeah. turn it into, it sounds like a, a antiquated spreadsheet format into a teachable class. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think I went into it when I first started to really take ownership of the material of like, oh, I need this for my business. But what I found is that really it's, it's a life game. Like sale, life is sales. If you're trying to get your kids to go to bed, that's a, life, that's a sales uh, situation. If you're trying to get your staff to get excited about what you're doing about the vision, that's a sales job. You're trying to get someone to come to church with you, that's a, it's just a sales job all the time. When someone asks you a question, really they're kind of hesitating or they have a concern and there is a way to handle that to really get them on the same side uh, on the same team as you and to get them into a decision. So when I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, like these are life skills that so many people are missing. And I knew if I had it in my last, these skills in my last job, I would have like just crushed it um, if I knew then what I know now. And I was like, I just got to get this into the hands of people. And so as we started, it was just, it, it kind of slowly became a lot of online entrepreneurs that would come and take guide culture. But we also have a lot of like doctors. We have, uh, there's something called the Kempinski clinic. They work uh, on the brain and they're in Cincinnati and they come, you know, it's just all different types of people. Um, but the kind of common denominator is, is growth mentality. Like, Hey, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to learn. And you know, a lot of, I think sometimes, sometimes people in business, they think that they're like good, that especially if their sales are good, right? That they don't need any more help in sales training. Um, but what we found in guide culture is that people here want to learn no matter how good their sales are, whether they're, they're trying to make the next five or the next 500, they know they can be better and there's always room to grow. And going through your website, Basie, and seeing what people, the students who are speaking to guide culture and what mm -hmm. it's meant for them, I found it interesting. I typically mm -hmm. think of a sales training mm -hmm. as a course or program people go through once and then they move oh, on. Yeah. But it seems like you have lots of repeat oh, clients yeah. or customers. T tell us about that. Why is it, what, what is it about guide culture and what you're teaching yeah. that is making people say, I'm, I'm signing up for the next class and then the next class and then the next yeah, class. Yeah, we've had, I think our most one is like someone's taken it like 11 times. Wow. Um, but the thing about guide culture, I mean, I can show you the word. It's like, it's about 15 hours worth of material between between actually teaching and then we have something called labs. And lab, it's kind of like, you know, you go to biology class, you go to a seminar and then you come and you implement in a lab. That's basically what we do. It's a lot of role play and practice. And what we have found is that these are not just skills. This is truly a way of life. And the one thing that we've learned is when you repeat something, you really become a master of it. I mean, repetition is the king 
of learning, repeating something over and over and over again, it kind of starts to become reactive. And so when you're on your feet and someone's like, Hey, I'm not so sure that feels like it's really expensive and you're a master of this material, you can so confidently know that that's not true and that you can have a, a really well-oiled uh, response. And the thing about um, kind of mastering something, what happens is it's just a new level of belief that comes with that. And let me tell you, friends, belief has a sound. It's a certain type of posture. It's a certain type of voice. It's a certain type of, type of uh, tone and cadence in the way that you speak. And you cannot fake that. You earn that belief. And that comes with really practicing over and over again. Uh, people say they learn, you know, when you learn it once, you learn it one way. And then they come back, they learn it a totally different way the second time. Or maybe they have a new idea or a new product or a new service. They're like, hey, I need to go learn how to sell this one specifically. And so they'll come back over and over. And we have a continuation program too that people will do just to stay in. We call it the bubble, the guide culture bubble. And it's a good, it's a good place to be. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. I love how you approach the, the concept of sales uh, on so many levels of, of yeah. personal and relationships oh, yeah. and business mm -hmm. and home life and everything. Cause that's so true. Sales historically has such an icky connotation to it, but what you realize yeah. in the entrepreneur in the business world is everybody in any environment with a product or a service has to have uh, some version of, of sales and passion yes. behind what they're doing. And, and if you're not spending time perfecting that craft, you're, you're probably oh, losing yeah. ground. That's uh, to have a, a course and such in-depth knowledge there is really, really cool. Now, is this mm -hmm. something that uh, you plugged into from a college standpoint or was mm -hmm. always interested in the sales side, or is this no. uh, something that's a new territory for you? No, you know, I actually did some research. Did you know 46% of salespeople do not want to be salespeople at the beginning? That means it's like 4.1 <laughs> million people are accidental salespeople. They got That's sold. It. That's what happens. They, they got sold. sold. <laughs> they got sold, right? Which is really good news because that means you can learn these skills and that you don't have to be a natural born salesperson. And I think sometimes people think like, oh, they've been given these superpowers just because they have charisma or they're liked and trusted when really you can actually learn all those skills. Uh, but no, I mean, I had, I wanted nothing to do with the business world. So I thought I actually grew up, I started a ministry and uh, just knew I had more, just knew that there was more in me. And when I just learned these skills, I was like, oh my, I'm telling you, talk about mind blown emoji. That was who I was for three years walking around. Like, this is the secret. This is the secret to life. Why hasn't anyone told me? And I think what's so interesting about sales, about it being kind of icky or people feeling that way, really, when you say, you know, don't be salesy, you're basically saying don't be human-y because it's just human skills. But when you're able just to like really almost just surrender and just be like, okay, I am I am a salesperson. I am selling my ideas, my visions. I'm selling myself all the time. And when you just buy into that and actually learn how to do it, then you don't, you're not salesy. You just have skills now. I think the people who come off as that negative salesy are people that just don't know how to do it, which is fine. They can learn. That's good news. That's what guide culture is for. Um, so just really helping people just feel really confident in the way they communicate more than anything and lead is what we're just so passionate about. That's a great point you bring up too, because again, mm -hmm. it is sales as being human. I know John Maxwell says that leadership is just influence. Literally, and sales and, is really which is sales. Right? I know yeah, we say just, leadership and sales is the same thing. Yeah, it's it's helping someone see your perspective or point of view in a way that moves them in a certain direction, right? So, what is it like? Here you are growing up with a dad who turns yeah. vacations into sales seminars, yeah. and you come into your first sales opportunity, mm -hmm. and you don't mm -hmm. think that you're that you're thriving in it. So, mm -hmm. what is it about us where sales and influencing in this manner isn't just natural part of being Cuban? Mm, that's so such a good question. And it's funny you bring up John Maxwell and then growing up in a home. You know, John Maxwell will say he grew up in a leadership home. I, I don't know if you've heard him say that. I feel really blessed. I feel like I really grew up in a sales home. Um, just because, you know, now that I look back on my life, I'm like, oh, like 
when he was trying to get me to make a decision on not going to that party in high school, like he used these sales skills. And now that I see it and I understand it, but I think when I was not doing well in sales in my first job, I think what was happening was simply just a couple little pieces of technique. So, um, you know, I run a, almost everything on Instagram. Um, starting from the beginning, I do Instagram stories. I have conversations in direct messages and I basically make sales through direct messages. And so what was happening is people would message me questions and and I would just answer them right away. I'm just like, oh, it's this price or, oh, this is what you get. Oh, this is, instead of just like being genuinely curious about them and genuinely like, hey, can I like actually help you? Not just trying to make a sale, but genuinely just being like, hey, and just to save time, I need to see if this is a good fit for you. Learning about them, taking my time and really qualifying them. And then being able to, what I call build a case. So it's like any court, like I could build a case around my, why this idea or why this product is so worth it, so worth the sacrifices of time, money, energy, um, and learning how to do that really well so that people can listen is such a big deal. So, I mean, if you just think about the brain, like the brain is looking for different things. It's looking for, uh, things that are very easy. So we were created to, uh, manage our energy. So anytime things get hard, we would instantly like turn, turn away. Um, and also the brain really wants to hear about themselves. They want to hear what's in it for me. And so really learning to simplify the communication, simplify the words and talk in terms of the other person very specifically. Those are those little skills that will honestly change the game. And then when you apply those skills on a public scale, when you talk on Instagram stories or you talk on Instagram in general, in general with these skills, then you're talking to lots of brains that are being triggered, right? They're kind of like almost light, uh, light bulbs are going off being like, oh my gosh, like she's speaking to me. And then that's when sales come even more passively where you don't even have to talk to them in direct messages. They'll just buy on their own. So really just learning a couple of those, those techniques was life-changing, just truly life-changing. That, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have a lot of uh, new and younger entrepreneurs as part yes. of our audience. And the question I hear often from, mm -hmm. from kind of the startup entrepreneur is, when do I start selling? When oh do I invest gosh. in selling? Do I have to perfect my product first? Oh my and and how would you advise uh, that younger group mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs that, that are starting a business or into a newer business, uh, whether it's service or product, uh, Yeah. how to approach those questions and how to know how to navigate that part? Oh my gosh. I live in B minus work. Do you, I don't know if you guys are the <laughs> same, but everything I do is actually not as much. In fact, we just launched a product and now we Love have it. like the resources and the experience to make it more like a minus work, but oh my gosh, lived in B minus work. So the second that, uh, like I said, it took us a year to organize the material. The second it was organized, we sold it very small amount to a very small group of people and we would just try it. And then we would do it again. We would just try it. We would do it again. We just try it. We just try it over and over. I mean, I think we did this live probably 50 times. Sometimes we would do it three times a month. We would do it in person. We would do it online and then we'd go to a company and do it. And like I said, it's like 15 hours of time each time we do it. Um, but really being able to get those reps in and to be able to really, I mean, you need to be able to make money while you're getting reps in, but just selling it at a price that makes sense is absolutely critical. But nobody needs to know that it's B minus work. You show up knowing that this is like the best thing for them. You got to believe that a hundred percent. And I did back then. I was like, man, this is good. Um, I knew obviously it can always be a little bit better, but I did my sure. absolute best. And now I look back, I'm like, wow, that was not, that was B minus for sure. Um, but I, I'm more personally, I execute maybe almost too quickly. So I have my team, they, we call it shock collaring. They'll shock collar me and say, <laughs> hey, like, we need to like slow down for a second. So really executing and, and getting it out there and getting it sold is something I'm like almost obsessed with. Um, but that, I mean, if you can't sell it, you don't have anything, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you just gotta do it. You gotta Absolutely. do it. That's all speed of implementation. It sounds like. Is, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't mess around around here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mentor our mind said recently, I love this. I've never heard it before, but he says mm -hmm. all ideas are good ideas. And he's like, what I'm saying is that the idea that you finish with, typically isn't the one you started with. You started with one that now you look back and you're like, oh, that wasn't that good an idea. 
But Literally. your good idea only came because you were willing to execute on that wow. bad idea in the starting. Well, I was like, man, that's good because I, wow. chance the opposite of me, I will delay, especially uh, when it has to do with content, things of that nature. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to get every word right. You know, it's like, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta go. And Chad does a great job of just rolling into that. So let me ask you this good. question. Y'all are going to be good sales. match. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why do you think, at least in our culture, that sales mm -hmm. is a dirty word? How come people, when they start their own business, they want to do all those other things first? They want to mm -hmm. have the website perfect. They want to have their sales copy mm -hmm. down, but they don't want to pick up the phone or send a direct message to someone yeah. and actually ask them if they want to make a purchase. Why is it that we're yeah. so reluctant and that we're so scared of the word sales? Yeah. You know, I think more than anything, Josh, I think uh, people are... You, you guys probably know sales activity can be hard. It's a, it's hard work. I mean, you got to like really get out of your comfort zone. You got to push yourself. You got to do things that might be uncomfortable. And so naturally it's the brain, uh, honestly, psychology is such a huge part of sales, but the brain is going to resist and they're going to go to something that's a little bit more fun, a little bit more easy. And so I think a lot of people actually just lie to themselves. They're working on their branding and they're thinking they're working when really they're not doing any needle moving activity at all. Um, so, and, and honestly, the sales thing, it's just a mentality. I appreciate when people sell to, sell to me. I, I think it is, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for believing in something, for caring about something enough that you think is going to help me to tell me about it. I'm so, so it's really a mentality kind of shift. Um, if you are struggling to take money for your product, there's a couple of things there. It's a mindset, right? So I think of it as just a certificate of appreciation. Hey, you're just appreciating me for making your life better. That's all I think about it as. But also you, you might be kind of struggling with, hey, am I giving enough value for what I'm charging? And if that's the case, then maybe you do need to take a look at your product and make sure that it is just full. I mean, you should have no question that, that you're undercharging. You should really believe that, that your product is so freaking good. There's, it's insane not to buy it. You have to believe that. And if you don't, then there is a huge problem there. And that might mean you do need to cut back on your prices or you need to add value or work on your mindset. So a huge part of it is just really thinking correctly. I'm, I, I honestly think that's what sales is, helping people think correctly um, and just shifting the, shifting those mindsets. It's huge. That's, I, I love the, the mindset conversation around price. Mm -hmm. uh, in my world of, of, of clients uh, in the accounting side mm -hmm. and, and the startup side of business, 90% of every startup or entrepreneur I see, uh, they undervalue their product in the beginning or undercharge and they just, they don't have the confidence. They're trying to mm -hmm. trade time for money as opposed to yeah. value for money. So having that mindset shift is so huge uh, mm -hmm. in the business side and the entrepreneur side. And then mm -hmm. on the sales side, uh, it, 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 they believe in their product, but they haven't quite been able to adjust to the value yes. of it. I think yes. being able yes. to teach that mindset is such yes. a, a valuable concept. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. People will come in to in-person, our, our training in person, and we'll handle the objection of price together. Mm -hmm. And I can just hear it in people's voice when they are second guessing that it's expensive, when they think it's expensive. I don't care if you're selling a $100,000 item, a $100,000 an hour coaching package. You have to believe that it is so undercharged that you, the value so outweighs the price. You have to believe that. And if it, if you don't, it comes out and subconsciously people will also feel that. And they'll be like, man, she thinks, or he thinks this is expensive. It is expensive. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So we really work on that with people and making sure that they know without a doubt that what they have is worth it. So how do you, what do you, how do you go into that? Because again, people sell all types of different things, but mm -hmm. what do you guys do to work with somebody to increase their relief in their product? Where mm -hmm. do they start? If I'm here trying to sell something and, and mm -hmm. I own a commercial cleaning company and I see the same thing as Chad saw, said, all yeah. these people who start out and they want to charge something and I'm like, you're never going to make any money. You might not, you might be losing money doing it at that mm -hmm. rate. How do you get them to grasp that belief? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And there's so many different factors that go into that. So it's a, it's a little bit hard to answer because it's so many, so many people are in different places. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and a lot of people come in here and they, they question what they believe in the best way, because when they question it and they get over that hump, they're, they're good to go, you know, but if they live in this questioning area, it's not a good place to place to be. I think one of the biggest things we talk a lot about evidence. Okay. So evidence is basically proof, some sort of proof that what you have works really well or what you have matters. So it could be a statistic. It could be a story. It could be a testimony. It could be an analogy. It could be, um, mostly it's kind of stories or testimonials. And when you start to kind of get a bank of evidence, your belief about what you do, it's just like insane. So Josh, you were talking about in the guide culture website, you were like, man, I saw a lot of testimonials and people were like, you know, get, that is our bank of evidence right there. And I go back to that evidence all the time. Anytime I get a message on Instagram or a post on Facebook of someone being like, Hey, guide culture changed my life. I screenshot it and it goes to a, into a folder called evidence. And that is where I go and I look, I'm like, dang, like this matters. This is helping people. This is worth every single ounce of time, sacrifice, energy. And I can confidently get on Instagram and tell people that. And it's also evidence that you show people. So you're like, hey, look at, look, right? It's on our website. I talk about these stories all the time, refer to different people, refer to analogies. A lot of times people are like, where do you get evidence? It's hard to find it. You have to be studying all the time. And I can tell you guys are really into personal development just by a couple of things that you've said. And that's where the evidence comes from is learning about how great successful people, what they do and how it applies to you. So another example, this is another piece of evidence. Do you guys know, uh, you guys know Sarah Blakely? Oh my gosh. I love her so much. I talked to, I talked to, I think it was Josh or maybe it was Winston about Sarah Blakely, but she was just on a podcast with Jesse Itzler. They were being interviewed by Lewis Howes and Lewis Howes asked Sarah, Hey, what is something that entrepreneurs could be doing or learning right now uh, during quarantine? And she said, Oh my gosh, you should go learn sales. There's a piece of evidence right there that I'm like, hey guys, Sarah Blakely, the queen of woman entrepreneurship, is saying to go learn sales. There's some evidence that I can come back with and be like, man, I believe and I know that this is worth it, that guide culture is worth investing in no matter what business you're in. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Coming back to that young entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. curious as to from a student standpoint, how you approach this side of it, Mm -hmm. how do you coach someone that feels like their personality isn't aligned with sales? I'm an introvert Uh or I'm really good at building my widgets, but I'm not good at going Mm -hmm. out and seeing or talking to people. Do you do you train them to hire a salesperson? Do you train them to build the confidence to sell themselves? What's your Mm -hmm. approach there? Or do you think that's just a lack of belief? Well, so we're going to yeah. change that, those words. And we're going to say, I am a great salesperson. We're, first Love of all, it. first thing yes. we do is say, no, 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 that's, that's not true. Because what you say subconsciously, you are going to act that way. So if you're sitting here and you're like, I'm an introvert, I'm not a salesperson, you're right. You're exactly right. But if you say, hey, I can freaking do this. I am extroverted. I have charisma. People like me. You're right also. So a huge part of that is just changing those words. And also, friends, you can, you can turn it on. Okay. We call this, um, you guys know, like the, um, like a, uh, think about like a bird on water on top of the water. They are just like smooth and beautiful and gliding on the bottom. They're, they're swimming Their Their feet are going real fast. They're working real hard. That's kind of like what it is to turn it on, right? You turn it on, you're smooth, you're sailing, you're, you're turning on the personality and the characteristics of a salesperson. And underneath you might be working really hard to do that. And that's fine. That's great. We all have to do that. But those are some skills that we teach in guide culture is really how to like turn it on when you need to, um, and not be fake at all, but to really kind of, uh, exemplify some characteristics of that make you really likable and really trustworthy, which are important in sales. When people don't believe some of those things though, right? Like you're saying mm-hmm. for the guy who's the introvert, he was like, Hey, I'm yeah. really good at designing the product. Not true. I don't know if I can sell it. It's not when you say to him, well, you need to mm-hmm. say that I'm great at sales. Yeah. That's like, there's something weird inside when you're doing that to begin with. Like you're like, yeah, oh, I don't believe that I'm great yeah. at sales. 
can you talk about that just for a second? Like, yeah. how do you get over that hump of saying something that they, they ultimately don't believe once they start yeah. saying it? What's that process like? Man, guys, I would really encourage you just to go learn about the brain because it is crazy. I'm sure you guys are familiar with affirmations. You know what affirmations mm-hmm. are? The power of an affirmation over time, what it can do for you is game changing. So, for example, an affirmation is basically saying, like, I am something, even if you don't feel like you are right now. Um, I, in my last job, I took a lot of personality tests. And when you take them when you're really, really young, um, a lot of times you come up in the middle, like you're kind of unsure of what you want to do with your life of who you are. And that's not necessarily kind of a good thing in personality tests when they're like, Hey, you're not strong either way. You're in the middle. And so one of those characteristics was, um, like I, it would tell me, Hey, you struggle making decisions. Like decision-making is hard for you. And I came out of that job, like struggling to do that, to make decisions. And, and I remember I was listening to a podcast. I took a walk and they were talking about affirmations about like saying, basically proclaiming who you are, even if you don't feel that way. And I was like, I'm going to go do this. So I went inside and I wrote all these affirmations about being a decision maker. I'm a decision maker. I'm great at decisions. I trust my gut when I make decisions. I can make decisions. I just would write it every single day about being a decision maker. And uh, about nine months later, I was sitting with my dad. We were working on a couple of things, you know, doing this, doing that. And he kind of put his jacket on and was leaving. And he looked back at me. He was like, Macy, your decision making is really impressive. I mean, he had no idea that I was like working on that. And it was in that moment, I'm like, man, you can be whoever you want to be. You can decide who you want to be, but it is a constant effort. It is a constant effort of really watching what goes in your brain, what goes in your mind and what I call, I call it input, just being so careful of the input. And part of that input is your own uh, story that you tell yourself. It's the most important story of all. And so if you walk around saying, hey, I'm a great salesperson. I choose to be a great salesperson. I am confident. I can talk to people. You do that for a couple of months, you will show up that way big time. That's so awesome. And really believe it. And, and such a uh, true concept. And, and I think uh, so important. anybody that's been in business over time kind of has mm-hmm. been through that process of through education and belief, you can completely change everything. And you everything look, you look back on it and i know for me those affirmations or that work uh, it's challenging at first but then you start to crave it as an entrepreneur and a business owner and somebody that's growth minded you start to crave those changes and those kind of things and you look back and you can't believe you hadn't done it uh, forever it's it's so cool to experience so and hard, hard to put into words how much life-changing difference it can make for a person in their personal life and their business. Yes, and, uh, yes. Such an awesome concept there. I love that. Yes. My dad says it's it's like your input, your affirmations, your input. It's like a shower. Lasts about 24 hours. You need it every <laughs> single day. You need one every day. I love the analogy. It's, it's so true. So yeah. You need it every day. So you all, you're crushing it on Instagram. Uh, your website is awesome. Your recommendations, your your books, mm-hmm. testimonials, uh, mm-hmm. such a cool space uh, to see when you're when you're talking to uh, the business owner. Mm-hmm. And again, sales applies to everybody, whether you're a startup or you're a fifty yeah. million dollar company, uh, you have an awesome product or one product or 10 products. It, it applies all across the board, which is so cool for what you all are teaching. But, but for that business owner that wants to know where to start, do I, mm. do I start on Instagram? Do I start on a website? Um, do, do I start uh, on a podcast? What's, what's your recommendation mm. on where to start for somebody that's looking to engage in growing their business or, or yeah. their product? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like build, building awareness on social media, is that what you're asking or just in general? In a just business? in general. If I'm a yeah. business owner and my business has ran the same way mm-hmm. for 10 years and I've never had to grow and I've never had to sell, but now I want to, want to start to, to scale my business. Uh, where do I start? Do I, do I, yeah. do I start yeah. in any one format or do I, do I start with the education side of classes and courses? What do you recommend Gosh. as the route just, to go? There are so many. I, I feel like entrepreneurship is like 
putting a bunch of ingredients in a bowl and just hoping it's delicious, whatever you make, you know, (laughs) that's what I feel like it is. I think, you know, for, for me, I don't know the best way. Like, I think everybody starts different ways for me, building a lot of trust on Instagram was really game changing. It, Mm -hmm. it was so important to show up in a certain way every single day, just to prove that I know what I'm talking about and to prove the authority. That's, that's really, really important. I also think that what, what I tend to see a lot of times, cause I coach a lot of entrepreneurs and what I tend to see, um, a lot of people do is they're really excited about what they have about their product or their service or their course. And they do it like a couple times and then they move on to another thing. And then they do that a couple times and then we'll create something else. They're, they're struggling to get like really laser focused on one thing and making one thing phenomenal, phenomenal. And it's kind of like, it's like an octopus. Like when you make one arm really strong, you make that one product really strong. You make that one platform, whether it is Instagram or Facebook or podcast, you make it so strong and it's going to help make the other arm, even uh, the next arm strong. And then the next arm, and you use all those arms to kind of pull in your customers and to hold them really close. But if they're all loose and they're all very weak arms, then people are just going to kind of jump out and all over the place and not really feel close to you. And that is my biggest piece of advice. There are so many things you can do. It's insane. It is insane how many opportunities and how many ways to do it. But just choosing something for just a second, like just being so laser focused on one platform, one product, one area, one niche, whatever, and just seeing how it goes and kind of playing the game is going to be game changing for people. That's such great advice and and definitely speaks to kind of that entrepreneurial uh, mentality where where their struggle is. There's a thousand ideas and you want to go a thousand different directions and just harness that and focus in one place. It's so hard, but it's just what Josh Josh said. It's like the the idea when you execute, it'll it'll take you to the right place, but just stay on that path. I think people just bounce left and right so quickly. Macy, can you tell us a little, a little bit more about when you got started with Guide mm-hmm. Culture? Because mm-hmm. when you started out, did or did you start building on Instagram right away? Did you pivot yeah. to that? Like, I'd love to know more about two things. Yeah. One is, what was your platform for marketing mm-hmm. and selling that, mm-hmm. that product? Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, from a customer perspective, have mm-hmm. you seen more people who set their own prices? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to make a product, I'm going to sell it. Or yeah. has it been more people that have been clients of Guide Culture that are, you know, network marketers or insurance mm-hmm. agents that don't set the price of their product? So the mm-hmm. reason I asked that specific is because the belief level is going to be a little different if you're marching, if you're marketing yourself as a coach when I'm charging for my time mm-hmm. versus I'm marketing and selling a product that I don't determine mm-hmm. the price of. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the marketing and selling of the, of guide culture and how that all got started, honestly, it was showing up with good content every day. We were doing Instagram live every single day at eight 30 in the morning. No question. Every day, Instagram live. We were on stories every single day. And what was happening, you know, it was all organic, but what was happening is the content was, um, I think it was almost, some might look at it and be like, man, that was kind of controversial. It was, it, it's more of like, hey, we believed in something and we took a stance, right? You take a stance and anytime you take a stance, you're going to bring some people closer and you're going to push some other, some away, right? And the people that are brought closer were sharing to the right people. They're like, man, this is so good. This is so amazing. So like, for example, during COVID, I really believe like now's the time to buckle up and get, get it going. And there are other people who are like, hey, you know, rest, relax, recharge. This is what it was meant to be. But, but just speaking out on like, hey, you got to buckle down. That's, gonna alo- that's considered uh, taking a stance on something that brings people close or pushes them away, which is a great thing. You want the right people kind of close to you. And really coming with content that was like not really in the middle, but really like strong belief content, I think was game changing for our marketing because people just wanted to share. They were just like, Hey, I want to, I want to other people. Cause here's what happens, right? Especially with entrepreneurship. If you're sharing in terms of like, Hey, this is what I stand for. Somebody else who might not have the voice or not have the words who also believe the same thing are like, Oh, Hey, this person is speaking for me. Go watch, go listen. 
go read because I want to align with what they have to say. And so that sharing was a massive deal for us. It's basically viral content is what it's called. And then um, well, the other question was, oh, our customers. So it, it honestly depends on so many different things. There are network marketers. There's also a lot of people because what, what we're seeing is a trend that's happening is people might start out as network marketing. They kind of build some confidence like, man, okay, I can sell something like people trust me. They believe in me. This is fun. You kind of get that hit, you know, the, the hit of entrepreneurship where you're on a really big high, you're feeling really, really good and you want a little bit more. And so then people are like, man, I could do this. I could do more. I could create my own thing. And then they're starting to do that. They're starting to create their own course or their own training, uh, which is just so easy to do now. And also so many people know so much that they don't even realize is extraordinary because what's extraordinary to, to other people is really basic to you usually. Right. So there's a mixture. What's been really fun is having a lot of people in the medical field. I really enjoy working with people. Like we had an optometrist come and she, um, she made a comment like, you know, it's one thing to give a prescription. It's another thing to get your patient to actually do what you tell them to do. You know, like you can say, hey, you should lose weight or you can really sell them into changing their life and their lifestyle. It's two very different things. And so I've really enjoyed kind of working with medical professionals and helping them get their get their patients to actually execute what you ask them to do. Was it surprising to you the first time you had somebody in the medical profession? Totally. It totally. turned out that was like who you drew up as your avatar of your ideal client or customer, right? It was the doctor. Literally. I'm like, I'm like, do they know that this is just like sales training? I'm, I'm confused what's happening, but I have loved it so much. It's been so fun. I love oh, working with all kinds of people. That's awesome. I want to go back to the Instagram for a second okay. because, uh, Jazz is, is an avid Instagram marketer. It, now. It, Instagram, Instagram is so new to me. Yeah, you're, I went to oh, a you're an ins- new Instagram marketer. Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm, the Instagram is, is new to me from a business standpoint. I, I, I went to it. a business conference back in November and, and uh, that day I'm like, I'm going to create an Instagram account and start Did they talk sharing about content. It? Yeah, a- absolutely. Tell me what conference you went to. Um, it, it was, the, it was uh, uh, Rachel Hollis and their, their business rise conference. It was, and you loved it. Oh, it was the most life changing thing I've ever been to in my, <gasps> like ever. I cannot explain. I'll go to every single one they have forever uh, on the rise business side. It was oh, amazing. Like my gosh, totally drink the Kool-Aid. I was, I was, uh, just complete life changing for my wife and I. Yeah, uh, Macy, they were just uh, just as surprised. Yeah, they were I, doing their conference. They, here's this accountant that showed up. <laughs> Honestly, that is so incredible. I'm so happy for you that you got to experience that. It, it, it was so good, but I'm so like uh, curious about the Instagram world, and, yeah. and it's it was so intimidating for me to yeah. start because the mindset behind a video a day or shooting videos or going live and as a, I've been in business 20 years, I own multiple businesses. I'm very confident in what I do and how I do it and who I am, but it was still so hard. And I want to speak uh, on that for a little bit and and get some, some information from your side on on Mm -hmm. telling the business owners, just like I was uh, back uh, for in November and even previously, Instagram was so intimidating and I, I didn't know where the ideas were going to come from. I, I didn't know where the video content, but once I started doing it, it started to just grow and the ideas just start flowing and it's so much fun. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for people to realize is, is it's so slow to build followers oh and likes. And I'm curious from your side, you are putting in so much work and effort to do a video a day and go live a day. Yeah. That's, that's a tremendous amount of uh, consistency and determination how long did it take to see traction to get to a thousand followers or to 5,000 followers? I, I'd love to hear your, your process yeah. there and your story. I feel like I'm forever trying to get traction on Instagram. You know, it's, <laughs> it's always like, you can't let your guard down and just be like, Oh, I'm good. I have plenty of follower or whatever, plenty of engagement because Instagram is always changing. Like the fact that someone follows you is a sales job, right? You just always have to be like selling in the sense, even on Instagram, even your content really needs to be sales content. Um, it's something that like, you just always have to work on and perfect and just make sure the messaging is right. And that the content is the con- content is king. I just believe that so deeply. You can spend 
all the money you want in ads, but if the content isn't good, it, it doesn't matter. So uh, like a good example for content, because I've been working with my husband on it and his insurance content and all of that. And the biggest thing I was trying to explain to him is, hey, what's important is what your people want. It's not what you want to share. It has nothing to do with you. Nothing. When you're a salesperson, you don't matter anymore. You die to yourself and you serve your people. And so when you learn about your people, about what they really want and what they really need, you can really create stuff that's going to actually help them, not just what you want to say. So like, for example, let's say you have a golf, uh, I'm going to talk in terms of, you know, manly stuff, a golf membership, right? You're, you have a very luxury golf membership and you are trying to create an Instagram platform to get more high-end people to join your golf uh, membership. You could create content all about golf and all about the membership, or you could create content that aligns with luxury golf. So maybe that's a luxury car brand. Maybe you're, you're creating content that aligns with it by uh, talking about Ferraris, maybe. And then someone who's into Ferraris, they're like, oh, that golf membership aligns with Ferraris. I identify with Ferraris. Maybe I need to go in this golf membership just so I can be with my people. Even if I don't play golf, I want to be known as somebody that's in that golf membership, right? And so creating content that really like makes sense to people that you want to attract is so, so important. And the way you do that, that what Josh just said about ICA, your ideal customer avatar is so, so important but really going to be a student of your people. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see is people just start creating stuff without even asking if it's what people want, without even surveying. I mean, and it's simple as getting in a direct message of somebody that you really admire or really want to work with. Say, hey, like, what are you dealing with right now? Like, how could I help you? If there's one thing that you could just wave a magic wand in your business, what would that be? And then go learn about it and create content around it. God, be a- I would I to stay on this example that you're using of, of your husband's business, because I've uh-huh. got an insurance background myself. Oh. And one thing I know is that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, mm-hmm. man, I can't wait to follow the insurance guy on Instagram. Oh yeah. You or, can't you know, even I, just, I really want to learn more about insurance today. That's what I, that's yeah. my win for the day. So talk to us about that. What counsel are you giving your husband on? This is what you need to put out on social media for what yeah. you do as a living, which again, mm-hmm. I want a commercial cleaning company. Yeah. But tell me the last time, AC, you got fired up about, you know, follow that cleaning company, right? It's just, that's not something that most people will get fired up about. So yeah. what are those brands that maybe aren't as sexy and people aren't yeah. actually want to, what, what are they to do on Instagram or social media? Well, it's all about who you want to work with. I really believe that. Uh, my husband, it, like he, we call, we call the type of people that he wants to work with, we call them mental elephants. And what we mean by that is just like really mentally strong leaders, people that are working on themselves, growing and want to create an empire. And typically those people are also going to be working on themselves. They are going to be reading. They're going to be learning. They're going to want to be a better leader. And so that's what he needs to go create content around about, about leadership and about being better and about whatever he's learning, he can create content around just business because he works a lot in commercial insurance as well. Um, but it kind of goes back to really surveying your people. There is, Josh, I really believe there is a way to make commercial cleaning super fun. There is a way. There's a couple of brands that I follow because I'm just like fascinated about their their branding and the way that they create content. Um, I mean, who wants to go learn about sales training? Probably not that many people, but I would, I would bet that our Instagram is really valuable and it's really fun. It's funny. We do some TikToks on there. We do some, um, we do a lot of statistics. We do a lot of little videos from our guide culture in-person training, talking about mindset, trying to help people be better. It's really trying to think outside of the box. You, it's, it's marketing is a totally different animal. I will say that we're always learning. Uh, the key is to stop being boring. We've been told before hey, you're boring, stop being boring. And that was the best thing anybody ever, any best thing anybody ever told us. And we were able to kind of mentally be free and just post what we want instead of feeling like we needed to be like in this box of sales stuff. And that has been really helpful for us. Our theme of 2020 is, is we're free to do whatever we want. We can be free. So that's been huge. No rules. We say there are no rules. We can 
live our life however we want. That's awesome because it, mm-hmm. it contradicts so much of what people feel in, in the marketing world now. Of yeah. You've got to focus on these two things or your your no. content or, or your your pictures have to yeah. f- fall under these color schemes. And to, to have that yeah. be free, be entertaining, be free. fun, uh, be personable. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome advice. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and re- really, really cool. Um, yeah. What if you had to give one piece of advice to a business owner or to an entrepreneur, uh, whether it's sales related or not, yeah. uh, you've, you've grew a business, you plugged in, you've helped a lot of different business owners and people mm-hmm. in different industries. What would be the one piece of advice you would share, uh, to, mm-hmm. to everybody out there? To- I, there's so much. How do you just choose one? Um, okay. Let's talk, let's talk about, um, uh, in terms of sales. Okay. okay. Cause this is one thing that I'm noticing a lot. You know, I go through stages where I'm just laser focused on a situation or a concept. And so this is what I'm focused on right now. I both coach a lot of coaches or help them with their sales, but I also, uh, am always looking for coaches for me always and always trying to help people or sorry, always trying to want to get mentored and want to be helped and want to uh, partner with people that are way ahead of me so that I can learn quicker. And what I'm noticing a lot kind of in this uh, coaching industry is um, people are really selling their experience, they're selling their knowledge, they're selling uh, what they have been able to do in their business. And so they tend to talk a lot about themselves to kind of prove that, hey, I know what I'm talking about, which I love. You also, of course, want to prove your authority, but the way that you sell yourself is by not talking about yourself, truly, not talking about yourself at all. I, sometimes I just wish people would just tell me why it would help me, not why it's helped you, not what it's been for you or how it's been great for your, I honestly don't care. I care how it helps me. And that's how everybody cares. I mean, so for example, here's this, um, this bubbly sparkling water drink. You could say, Hey, I love this so much. It's strawberry. I love strawberry. I love that it's pink and I love the branding. It's so fun. Or you can say, Hey, if you really love refreshing strawberry, not too sweet, but a little sweet, if you really enjoy that type of beverage, this is going to be a great thing for you to grab for the summer lake days. Same exact thing, but just said in a different way that makes me be like, huh, that's for me. I'm, it matters to me. And so I would challenge all of you next time you're in a conversation, just to take the words, I, me, us, and we take all of those words out of your vocabulary completely and just turn it back to the other person. Just let them have the spotlight. Let them be the winner. Let them just own the conversation because that's really all they want. And really you're going to be the most memorable person when you do that. Oh, that's such a valuable tip. I love the on the spot tool there and uh, you've been able to to go immediately into the the sales side of the drink. That's really cool and, and yeah. so valuable. I think that's something uh a lot of people nowadays, especially in the social media world, fail to recognize. That's really yeah. cool. You sounded yeah. very much like Dale Carnegie just then, too. Did I? It was awesome, like a feminine version <laughs> of Dale Carnegie. I love it. Love so it, love I, it. I want to highlight something specific to the, let's mm-hmm. say, the startup entrepreneur. This is the person sure. who maybe they're, they're, they have their job. They're wanting to launch a side gig or maybe wanted to yeah. leave their job and go all in. And they are going to focus on social media. So you have thousands and thousands of Instagram followers. So that person who's just getting started, Mm -hmm. how do they build their influence and their audience using Instagram so that Mm -hmm. they, you know, that they, maybe they have this great mousetrap and they can produce great content, but how can they get it out there? What was the the method maybe that you used in gaining so many, I think was your 13 or 14,000 Instagram followers at the time of this? all relative. You know what I mean? What even is a lot of Instagram? What here's, here's where I think is, is one of the most important things. Okay. There are people with a ton of followers and don't make any money because they can't convert who they have. Money started really coming in for, for guide culture when we were at like 4,000 followers. The followers don't matter. It's your ability to con- imagine if you had 4,000 people in a room. That is so many people. I mean, how many people are going to be at the stronger uh, business conference? Like 400? Yeah, four or 500. Absolutely. That's a ton of people. Now it's your ability to really convert those people. 
that that's the game changer there. So once I almost like when people are trying to focusing are trying to grow their audience, but can't convert who they have, I'm like, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't like, let's slow down here because if you start to grow your audience and not convert them, you could lose them forever. You could lose them. If you, if you miss the, your kind of window of opportunity or you say something and you lose trust and they don't, you know, that could be a window that's just gone and they mentally check out. Maybe they're still following you, but they're not watching you. Um, so I just, I feel like I have to say that, that the Instagram numbers, they really, they really don't matter that much as long as you can convert who you have. But when you can do that and you've been really successful in that and it's time to start growing, then that's a different story. Um, there's, there's kind of three different pieces of content that we talk about. It's uh, viral content, value content, and vulnerable content. So the value content is like, hey, it's like, you know, seven things I learned building a seven-figure business, something like that. You know, like, hey, this is what I know. It's going to really help you. You have the vulnerable content, which is just a little bit about kind of like your backstory. You want to be careful. You really don't want to talk too much about yourself. Remember, we don't we don't talk about ourselves that much, but it is important to have a level of like, hey, this is who I am and this is my story. Um, so, you know, for example, a piece of vulnerable content that I just posted was talking about how I had uh, over the last year, I had spent a hundred thousand dollars in uh, personal development and coaching and mentorship. And, um, the thing that I learned is basically that it's not one thing that you need to make it work. It's all the things combined. This, but the vulnerable piece was like, Hey, this is what I've spent. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm thinking. Now let me help you. That's an example. Um, and then viral content is kind of like the memes, uh, memes that, you know what I'm talking about when I say memes, things mm -hmm. that people are like, Oh, that's what I want to say, but I didn't know how to say it. So I'm going to go share it. So when you kind of separate your content in those kind of uh, columns, you're able to establish authority, kind of show who you are, and then also get shared a lot, which helps. So there's so much science and, and there's so much to it. Um, but what's most important is that you really are able to speak in a way that converts people that are already following you. So, so your focus is on content. It's not on paid posts. It's not on algorithms. It's not on I don't certain amount of words or any. There's no special silver bullet. It's just produce no. valuable, relative content. Go, honestly, audience. I focus on growth over goals. When I'm growing, it's going to show up in my content, which is going to grow everything. If you're focused on the goal of hitting a number, it's just it's not it's not a good place to be in because you're mentally not like you might hit your goal. But if you are always growing, you're going to get that much closer to your goal much quicker. You always win when you focus on growth. Always win. Um, but I mean, when it comes to like, I just now I'm starting to work, do a little bit of paid ads. And what I found is that the one the ads that are working still comes back down to the content, like the ads that work, it's the content that's really, really good. Um, but content is, is definitely a, a beast in itself, but the more you do it, the easier and more intuitive it gets. You've experienced that, um, Chad, where you are kind of starting on content and you're like, oh, the more I do it, the more ideas come. Absolutely. And it's yeah. shocking how much, uh, my mindset changed and I noticed things that I can convert into content on, on a exactly. daily normal life basis. It's really cool. Yeah. So that's called your RAS. Do you know what your RAS is? I absolutely do not. Please share. It, it's so, it's your reticular activation system, which okay. basically, you know, if you're looking for, if you're interested in a yellow car, you're going to be seeing yellow cars everywhere because you're looking for the things that you're thinking about. So if you're thinking about Instagram and you're like, oh, I got to post content, you're going to be looking subconsciously for stuff to post and to create content with. Awesome. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, yeah. definitely experienced that firsthand. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, by the way. That's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. I, I, I love that creative side. And uh, it, yeah. in my industry, it's something a little unique. And uh, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. And I just encourage anybody out there to just do it and try it. And the cool thing about stories is they're gone in 24 hours. There's very little uh, long-term risks. Have fun, do stuff, produce content, and don't be fearful that it's not perfect. Or uh, Oh, yeah. B minus work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that mindset. Yeah, I've never heard that term before. I haven't either. Oh, really? Yeah, never heard of minus work. That's that'll stick with me. I yeah, I'm telling you, it's fine. It's fine. I've been People... doing B minus work since kindergarten. So this is Same. Like, I just it's never heard new. it. 
<laughs> good, good. I hope that that relieves some pressure in your brain a little bit where you can just you can be free. Uh, absolutely. Well, this has been so awesome. And thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you for the Stronger Business Conference Yay! here in Athens on October yeah, 8th. Um, excited to learn more. And, and tell us a little bit about where our followers can find you and uh, where they can, can follow and interact and plug into your courses. Yes. Well, you can come hang out on my Instagram, which is just my name, Macy McNeely. And also at the guide culture Instagram, you can get, that might be an interesting thing to kind of see the personal brand versus the business brand and how they align, but are also different. Um, that's a, that's, uh, I think a lot of people might struggle with that, but I think we're getting the hang of it over at our Instagrams. Also, I have a free resource I would love for y'all to grab. It's in our Instagram bios. Uh, it's um, more sales, better clients, and faster results. You're going to get a playbook of how to do all of that. It's a beautiful looking magazine that is going to give you a lot of good information. So it's in our Instagram bios. You can grab it for free. That's awesome. I feel like that's the sales trick there. Some free content, drop some traffic, uh, acquire some email addresses. I love it. Such a smart entrepreneur and business owner. Hey, just trying to help the people. And this thing is really helpful for people. So I think, I think y'all really enjoy it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited uh, to check more of uh, the Instagram and the, and the website out and excited to have you in person uh, sharing Yay. with the audience at Stronger Business. And I uh, look forward to having you again on the podcast. Thanks so much, Macy. Aww. Thanks, guys. You are so awesome. I can't wait for the conference. It's going to be great. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, the Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.